podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's your boy, I Also Hate Pitt. You have joined the Raspy Voice Kids on the Hale West Virginia podcast. Today we're going in. It's going to be live. We're talking about the best cereal. We're going to have a major conversation. That's right, a major interview. And of course, we're going to do Why We Hate. So jump in. Let's get rowdy. This is Major Harris, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. Who says the herd hater ain't got no rhythm? When you're listening to the RBK Power 5 podcast, you're as cool as the other side of the Power 5 pillow! Often debated, everybody has their opinion, but who has the truth? The question is, what is the best breakfast cereal? I am Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit. I'm joined by Jeremy J.N. Phoenix, and of course our producer Jordan Ty Curry. He wanted to be in on this. He has an opinion. What is yours? We'll find out later. For now, we will tell you what we think. Jordan, what do you say? Frosted Flakes are terrible. Whoa. 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 <laughs> Ah, man, he out, jumped on that quick, too. Out the <laughs> gate. Out the gate. Jeremy, uh, what is your favorite? Let's not even – let's just let Jordan gave his opinion. I, 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 find it, I find it interesting. There's something interesting about Jordan's personality. When I said, what is your favorite, <laughs> his true. response was to tell you what he hated. <laughs> to tell no, no, you what kind he, of person he is. And he was chomping at the bit. He knew the question. He knew the question. He was chomping at the bit to get that out. I just out. wanted to get that off the list as soon as possible. He should do a whole get that get get it off my chest segment about that. But Jeremy, what is your favorite? Tony Phoenix, cover your ears on that on that last one, please. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Frosted Flakes are terrible. What's my favorite? I don't know. You got to go through. I, like when I was younger, I went through stages. You know, um, at first it was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I couldn't get enough. It was the best. You know, you sit at school and get that little little I don't know little container. Um, then it moved on to probably Fruity Pebbles. Um, went along to Cinnamon Life. But I just realized something the other day. And and I didn't expect it, but I have a new favorite. I'm back on that honeycomb kick. Yeah, you can't touch the I was thinking about that. You can't touch the honeycombs, oh, yeah, man. I, I like Apple Jacks. Apple Jacks can't quite get there. Honeycombs, man. That's 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 my thing for now. Honeycomb is like nostalgic in a weird way, you know. It's good, man. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> now I'll be honest. I'm not a cereal snob. I like I just love cereal, so I can eat pretty much any kind of cereal pretty much any time of the day. So it's really hard for me to pick. I will say this. Uh, Honeycombs, to me, is a great pick. Apple Jacks is up there, too. I think it's an excellent pick. The thing about the Frosted Flakes comment is Frosted Flakes in the Phoenix household was a staple. I mean, Tony the Tiger was like my uncle. Like, Tony the Tiger was just a part of our family. And for him to say that they're disgusting and terrible, my first reaction is what? But the truth is, if, if Frosted Flakes stay in, stay in the milk more than 37 seconds, they are pretty terrible. Yeah. But the key is layering. So you don't pour as much cereal as you want, okay? You don't pour as much cereal as you want. You eat the Frosted Flakes. The moment they even pretend like they're going to start to get soggy, you pour the next layer. See? And then it stays fresh, and it's still great. And the other great thing about Frosted Flakes is when you put them on vanilla ice cream. 
Have you ever done that in your entire life? I've yeah, yeah, that's what they call it. Like, look, I'm, what'd you say? I've had deep fried ice cream, which yep. is kind of the same thing. Nope, it's not the same thing. It is, uh, I hate when people, I hate when you ask for fried ice cream and that's what they give you. It's, yep, it's just, I wasn't trying to change the subject, but that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm, I'm, I miss the old fried ice cream that was actual fried ice cream and not just frosted flakes with some honey on top. Cinnamon toast crunch. Yep, Chi Chi's. That old chain restaurant, Chi Chi's, had the best fried ice cream. Um, anyway, all of that said, uh, if I have to pick, you know, one thing you guys didn't, you guys left out was uh, Fruit Loops? Lucky no, Charms. No, Lucky Charms are terrible. The off brand Lucky Charms. I cannot take the marshmallows. I can't take the marshmallows. Any Count Chocula, I, I think, whatever the ones with, with marshmallows in it, I can't take the, like, the, the texture on my teeth. I can never take them, man. Yeah, I feel you. So Jeremy's in on so Jordan's hot take. Is that frosted flakes are terrible? Jeremy's hot take is that in breakfast cereal, the problem is the marshmallows. No, okay. you can't. You no. It's like it's like Jeremy. There's gonna be like four people in the entire world who agree with you about hating marshmallows. They're sugar cereal. styrofoam. Like they even almost make the same noise when you bite into them. Look, <laughs> it's like putting a sharpie on paper. <laughs> thank was, you, thank you. Disgusting. I like I. <laughs> No, but anyway, <laughs> I like, uh, I can't remember the name of them, those puffs, the wheat puffs, like uh, Sugar sugar Smacks. Love Sugar Smacks. Oh, with the frog on the label. Sugar yeah. Smacks, I think, are great. I'm not going to say they're my favorite. And to be honest, uh, I'm going to cop don't. out. I'm going to cop out. I don't have a favorite. I really don't. It's no, like, you can't. It's, you, like when people gotta, ask me what my, it's like when people say, what kind, of, what kind of girl you like? And I'm like, fine, smart, <laughs> fun. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> however you fit that bill, you fit that bill. I ain't got to. I don't be discriminating. That's how I feel about the cereal. Just line them up and knock them down. So, you know, that's where I am. I can't pick. I mean, I'm not even. Uh, well, may, what, maybe Captain Crunch. What about Fruity Pebbles? Fruity Pebbles are great. I like to mix Fruity Pebbles with my Cocoa Pebbles. You, you know. Oh, no. Whoa, whoa. Stop, 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 stop. Honeycombs are my favorite. But, you know, you know, the them Rice Krispie Treat cereal. Do you remember when they came out with them? Yeah, no, Rice no, Krispies. It's just Rice Krispies. It's Rice. It no, no, rice no. Krispie treats. The treat. The treat. They never came had out rice little chunks. You never had Rice Krispie uh, treats? No, because I wasn't born in the 80s. No, I thought. I think they still make it. You can't buy it. I think there's only. Uh, man, I'm about to Google this. But Rice Krispie <laughs> yeah. cereal. Rice I'm telling you, man. Jeremy, you, just, you dropped it. Rice Krispie treats. Life changing, man. It's my that, favorite. That stuff. It's probably yeah. It is my favorite. That's my favorite. <laughs> you can't touch it. You can't. You can't touch it. I almost. How did I forget about it? I don't know. I don't know. It's my favorite. Uh, we could just stop. Gotta stop the fight. This should be ding, ding, dings right here. Ding, stop ding, the fight. Ding. Look, look. I wasn't even looking for a knockout punch. But no, you, know, you dropped it, Jay. That's what I do at times. I do what I does. Okay. <laughs> you dropped it. Um, nah, that's it. That's it. And Jordan, um, there's, you know, you Real quick, say, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. You got to give us what, one that you love because you, you talked about the hate because that's what you do. But what which cereal do you love? Well, I love the the uh, the honeycomb, but I don't get honeycomb that often. So I think I only like honeycomb a lot because I get it in, you know, just every once in a while. So I enjoy it every once in a while. But one thing I I just can't go back on is uh, the peanut butter Captain Crunch. What do you What do you mean you can't go back on? Like it's it's just so good. I love peanut butter and I gotcha. love Captain Crunch. It's just like my two favorite things combined. Yeah, no, that's a good choice. Peanut butter Captain Crunch are good. I I'm not like I. I'm the kind of person who I like peanut buttery stuff, but I don't love it. And, like, I don't ever seek it out. But when I have it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. I, yeah. I forgot. I like it. That's how I am about that. But I, but I respect the choice. I think a lot of people will agree with you. But Rice Krispie Treat cereal, 
The fact that Jordan had the nerves to chalk it up to him not being born in the 80s as if they didn't. <laughs> I bought that cereal as recently as I know I bought it within the last two years. I'll guarantee you that. Maybe three. I was just down the cereal aisle yesterday and I didn't see anything. Yeah, but they don't sell. I remember at one point they either didn't sell it at Kroger or they didn't sell it at Walmart. I can't remember. I, can't remember I which was in which. Walmart, so probably not Walmart. Jordan, you have what? You, you got to go get some. That's the thing. If you got to order you it online, if you got to order it online from overseas. It doesn't matter. You got to get these. Right. You got to get these. So, yeah. All right. Well, that wraps it up. But we do want to hear from you, as always. What is your favorite breakfast cereal? What did we get right? What did we get wrong? Holla at your boys. Hey, yeah. That's it. Wrap me, boys. Astor Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgado.com. It's finally here. It's that time of the year. I'm Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pitt, joined by Jeremy J.N. Phoenix, we are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Hail West Virginia podcast, and this is the Why We Hate Tennessee segment. Now, Tennessee fans, you've been running your mouth. You've been running off at the chops so much. But the truth is, what do you have to talk about? You didn't win a single game in conference last year. And yes, you play in the SEC, but you play in the East. And everyone knows about the SEC East. It's garbage. And you were the bottom of the barrel. But you haven't just been bad for one season. In the past five years, you're 34 and 29, while West Virginia is 36 and 28. If we go to the last 10 years, it gets worse because you're 62 and 63, which gives you a losing record, while West Virginia has been 80 and 49. So what do you do then? You'd go to divert the conversation towards history. Well, what good does that do you? Johnny Majors? Who cares about Johnny Majors? Next, you're going to start telling us about rotary phones and how great they were. No one cares, except for you, Tennessee. (laughs) You're the only ones. And the truth is, if you want to keep going, we can start talking about what has been happening to your program by means of your oldest rival, Alabama. They hold the series record 54 to 38. They've beaten you 11 straight times. It started in 2007, and it hasn't stopped since King Saban got there. Alabama beats you regularly with West Virginia pride. It's been 20 years since you've won any titles, not a single one. And the last one you got... It was the only BCS bowl game you won, while West Virginia won three different BCS bowl games with three different coaches, which tells you it's not the man, it's the brand. While you guys are pretty much less than that, and you know it, if you're being honest. Bama owns you, and you hate it. The third Saturday in October is no longer a joyous occasion. It's filled with dread, it's filled with doom, it's filled with gloom, but only for Tennessee. The SEC isn't great. You ride coattails. Alabama's great. They're so great that all of your coaches either start out there or they end up there as Nick Saban's underlings, from Derek Dooley to Lane Kiffin, Jeremy Pruitt to Butch Jones. You couldn't even beat Florida, another one of your nemesis, because of Mountain Greer. And you're going to see him again. Man. I'm telling you, Pusha T told you it's going to be a surgical summer, and that's what it is. Now, I'm not going to hate on the blue tick hound that's a beautiful dog and extremely smart, and it knows a lot of tricks, um, like lay down 
and roll over just like your program. <laughs> now you can, you can talk about the past. You can live there if you want to. You can start every conversation you have with any Mountaineer or everybody and say, well, back in my day, but as long as you keep it there in the past, because this is not the same Tennessee. This is not your grandfather's Rocky Top. Knoxville has lost its prestige. And the thing is, everybody seems to know that. Everybody's figured it out, except for the people in tacky orange and white. I saw a Facebook post the other day that I was, thought was funny. They said four things adults don't believe in. Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, and Tennessee. And people show you that. People show you that over and over. Just listen. I'm name names. John Gruden, David Doreen, Matt Campbell, David Cutcliffe, Mike Leach. They all have in common. They all didn't want the Tennessee job. They all told you to your face, you aren't the same. You're not a big boy anymore. Listen, when will you get it? When will it sink in? It should have sank in when you went four and eight last year. Four and eight. You had one win over a power five team, which was Georgia Tech, and they only went five and six. You think you're this elite program or in this elite group, and the truth is you are in an elite group. You're in the uh, a group that you probably don't want to be in, one of the few teams that didn't win a conference game. Zero. You're in a group with teams like Ball State, UTEP, Tulsa. That's who you are. And I know I know how it goes. Oh, well, this year we have a new coach. Oh, this year Tennessee's back. That's what you say. But when will you learn? It's the same thing over and over and over again. What happened last time you had a new coach? The last few times. 2009, Lane Kiffin comes out in. He's supposed to be the man. Top 10 recruiting class. What happens? He, lo- he goes 7-6. and six. He promised he beat Florida, and that didn't happen. The very next year, David Dooley comes in. 2010, uh, number 12 recruiting class. Finishes six and six. Then on December seventh, two thousand twelve, here comes Butch Jones. Here's he's gonna bring uh, uh, Tennessee back. GBDO, GBDO, and what happened? <laughs> <laughs> five and seven. Your third straight five and seven season. It's the same thing over and over and over again. The great poet Sean Carter said, "It's a shame when you look into the mirror like there I am and still don't see what you become." Stop and look. And realize who you are. Tennessee, you're not a big dog anymore. You are who you are. And it doesn't matter which coach you have. Because a a new coach coming to Tennessee is like a player being drafted by the Browns. It doesn't matter. Just like Rocky Top doesn't matter. You guys want to say it's the most recognizable fight song in all of college football. That might be true, but it's probably not. I'm going to tell you it's not. Here's how I know it. While Tennessee and maybe even some in the South love Rocky Top, the world loves country roads. And everybody knows about the greatest tradition in all of college football. And that's when we sing after a victory. You guys celebrate. We authenticate our victory with the greatest song that has ever graced college football. And if you want to argue about whether or not it's fact or fiction, I'm going to hit you with some stats. Get them. Where, Jeremy, can you guess where Rocky Top peaked? On the Billboard charts? I, I honestly have no clue. It came out in 1968, and it peaked at number 33. 33 was the best they did. Where would you say John Denver's Country Roads, which came out just three years later, landed on the Billboard charts? Uh, drop it. Drop number it. two. 31 spots ahead. 31 spots ahead. And while Rocky Top was only on the charts for 10 weeks, Country Roads was there, was there for 23 weeks. And do you know what the number one song on iTunes is right now? The number one song on all of the iTunes charts is? 
It's Country Roads again. This time the Fallout version. Better than Cardi B. Better than Beyonce. Better than uh, Taylor Swift. Better than everybody. And certainly better than Rocky Top. People who don't know anything about college football don't know anything about Rocky Top. Everyone knows about Country Roads. It's because it's the greatest. It is the greatest. And the truth is, not only do you have a garbage fight song, you also have a garbage fan base. Jeremy just gave it to you about all the coaches that you didn't have end up coming because they didn't want to be there. You also couldn't get Mike, Mike Gundy. But not only could you not get Mike Gundy, when you went and you finally did hire a coach, Greg Schiano, you ran him out of town before he could even get there because of your unreasonable, delusional expectations of who and what you are. And then you used a false premise, a false pretense to get rid of him. The same thing you did to Philip Fulmer, the last man to do anything of, signif- of significance for you because you have no gratitude. You have no real appreciation and respect because you're out of your mind. You think you're something that you're not. The bottom line is you're stuck living in the past. You want to be great so bad, but you're just not. And the worst part is, the saddest part, the hardest part is everyone knows it except for you. Another clear-cut example of the superiority of West Virginia over Tennessee is the fact that the sky is blue and the sun is gold. That tells you where God's heart is with the golden blue Mountaineers. So you better be ready when Dana, Gibby, Spav, David Long, Mount Greer all show up and invade the Queen City ready to hunt Old Smokey and the rest of you volunteers. The only time, the only time the sky is orange is when the sun is setting like it is on your program. Finish, finish. You guys are done. So stay in your lane. No kidding. Raspy voice! Thank you for watching the Hail West Virginia podcast with the Raspy Voice Kids. We want to thank Shrinkables for their partnership and their support. We want to thank Sandwich U, the king of the fat sandwich, located on 461 High Street in Morgantown. We also would like to thank Swill Dog, the makers of the finest hard cider in all of the world. And once again, as always, we thank Astorg Auto of Charleston for being who they are to us, but also to the great state of West Virginia. Thank you. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pitt of the Raspy Voice Kids. You are now with the Hail West Virginia podcast. We have come to the gold and blue interview section of the, of the segment of the podcast, and we are joined by a man who is a legend, who is an icon. We often say a great player is joining us. This time it is the greatest player joining us. He is the number nine. He is Mr. Major Harris. Major, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. Doing all right? Well, yeah. I yep. mean, this is the time of year to be doing all right because it's so hot. Yeah. People, <laughs> you know, people get worn out so easily. People end up getting busy. There's so much going on. And uh, to hear that you're doing all right means that things are going the way we want them to go, especially yeah. coming up on the 30th anniversary of that 1988 season. How, uh-huh. how does it make you feel to reflect on um, that season? You know, it's crazy when you start thinking of 30 years, man. It's a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What they say, two years or three years, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. You, um, now, one thing I do, I do want to ask you to start off with, um, because there are a lot of questions to ask you. I'm sure you've been asked a million questions, you know, over these decades. 
Um, but your friend Eugene Napoleon, your friend and, and teammate, he's the one who who kind of connected us. Um, does it bother you, you know, having played with him? That he, he says that you are not in his top ten quarterbacks to ever play for WVU. Oh no. No, <laughs> I'm kidding, Major. No. No, you know, Major. There's no way he said that. You know, he didn't say that. <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I mean, when it comes to you know, um, you know, like um, opinions and stuff like that. I mean, you might have younger guys. You know, we talking about 30 years ago. So if a guy's born, say, you know, 35 years ago, the quarterbacks he's gonna remember is the ones when he went to the stadium. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I don't no, I don't get caught up in all that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I said, I was joking, man. Eugene says, oh, no, no, Eugene, no, no, you, Eugene says without question over and over again that you are bar none the number one, the greatest to play that position uh, at Mountaineer Field in Morgantown, period. Um, I was just joking, but look at you. You're so gracious and humble that that was the perfect response. And the thing that oh, I like I- about it is it's genuine. It's obvious that that's how you really feel. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, people could say, well, Gene just saying that because, you know, he was in the backfield when I played. You know what I mean? So I think that uh, it's just like this year. You know what I mean? The quarterback we got this year, a young guy growing up, if, you know, if they put up numbers like they should, I mean, they could be saying he's the greatest quarterback. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, with 30 years, man, that's a lot of time, man. You know what I mean? I agree. That's a lot of years in between. And And you bring up a good point talking about, the numbers that should be put up in a Dana Holgerson offense with Jake Spavitzel calling it, with Will Greer returning, and the Bolitnikoff Award finalists and David Seals back along with Gary Jennings and Marcus Sims and, and all the other guys that they have. What I'm curious about from your perspective, being a person who's so familiar with college football and understanding the game the way that you do, do you think you would have put up better numbers in the offense that was run under Don Nealon, the offense that was run by Rich Rodriguez, or the offense that's currently being run by Dana Dana Holgerson? Well, you know, I think um, I think as far as throwing the ball, I think Dana's offense you're going to throw the ball the most. You know what I mean? I think I was um, uh, I think you were a, a dual threat under uh, Coach Rod and uh, Coach Nealon. You know, his offense was just it was so well rounded where. In a sense, it ain't it ain't focused all on the quarterback. You know what I mean? Even though when I played, we ran an option and stuff like that. But I just think that the offense and Coach Rod and 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 um and Oberson, I think the, the the quarterback is in the limelight. Yeah. I mean, if you play, I mean, you could just go back and look at all Oberson's quarterbacks. All of them, you know what I mean? Um, put up good numbers or should have put up good numbers. And I just think that um the offense that you know, ran into Coach Nealon, like, um, if we get a lead, we probably sit on the clock, you know what I mean, try to run a clock, whereas in, in, in Rods and, and, and Hogerson offense, you know, they try to put up 60, 70 points a game. So it's a little bit different. It's very different. It's very yeah. different. So you don't think there's not an offense, so in your opinion, there's not one that you would have done better in than another? No, you know what? I mean, anytime you can say you play for the national championship, you know, why, you know what I mean? It's hard to, to say, oh, well, this offense, or you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, no, it's I, hard to say that based on um, the accomplishments that we're accomplishing in 88. You know what I mean? So I, it, it would be hard to, to really say another offense I would have been better in because, I mean, you really can't get no better than that, you know, um, going undefeated. 
But, you know, even though we lost in the national championship game. No, I, I, what you're saying makes complete sense to me. And you talked about the quarterbacks being in the limelight under Rich Rod and under Dana Holgerson, but you finished fifth in the Heisman, then you finished third in the Heisman. Um, you put up stellar numbers, recognized by the conference, even by the nation. People knew who you were, not only because of your greatness, but also because of the position that you played. So the question for me is, what is the craziest fan encounter you've ever had? Well, you know, I wouldn't say I had um, crazy fan encounters, but I will say that it's wild because as I'm older now, and I don't know, maybe because when I was young, probably a little sheltered being from Pittsburgh, but now wherever I go all over the country, I see the, the, the flying WV. I mean, I see it everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I really see it everywhere. Well, they did a great job, you know, designing the logo and then proliferating it. Part of the thing that happens, too, is West Virginia exports so many people. So many people end up leaving the state um, that we're everywhere. We say that all the time. We're everywhere. And it's great that we can have that. Um, you see it internationally. The song Country Roads helps. So it, it really is awesome. Um, Jeremy, my brother, who's my co-host, uh, he's not able to be on the call this time, but he did want me to ask you a question that Eugene Napoleon told him about, and that is your senior year recruiting trip to Pitt. He said that you had a funny story to tell us about that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's funny. It's probably one of the, when I look back on my career, it's probably one of the funniest stories as far as when it, when it goes to recruiting. Um, when I was in high school, um, I went up to Pitt for the spring game. And when I get up there, they had Eugene showing me around. You know, Eugene at the time was at Pitt. So he was showing me around and he was telling me about how much Pitt wanted me. He said, man, look, you're from Pittsburgh. Man, they, they, all they've been doing was talking about you, man. They, they, you know, they want you to come. And they were saying you could be the next Dan Marino. You know what I mean? Because I'm from Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, you know, I'm at the spring game, and he's showing me around the locker room. I mean, he, he's showing me a nice time. And, and on top of that, you know, when Eugene came out, it was like a parade All-American. So he was one of the top running backs in the country coming out. So I knew all that. So to make a long story short, after the spring game, then we go into the fall, and then I take my official visit down West Virginia. And from that point, from the spring game, to the summer until the fall, Eugene transferred into West Virginia. Yeah. But so now when I take my official visit down to West Virginia, who do I run into? Eugene, who just transferred to West Virginia. So when I get down there, I run into him again. He's like, man, don't go to Pitt. They lie too much. And like, <laughs> <laughs> so it was a situation. I'm like, man, I can't believe nothing he say. You know what I mean? He was just telling me about Pitt. Now he's down in West Virginia. You know what I mean? So, the, you know, I always tease him about that. But it's true, man. You know what they say about Pitt, right? But we're not gonna What's say it? we're not gonna say it on this show. This is a G-rated show. We're not gonna say it. But you know, oh. <laughs> you know how to sing "Sweet Caroline." I know you do, Major. Mm, yeah, 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 definitely. Well, we're not gonna keep you on the line very long. We just we want to thank you for your time. I, well, I guess I will ask you one last question, and you're going to be diplomatic, but I want I want an honest answer. Just give me the real. In the year since you've played, who's your favorite Mountaineer that you got to watch? Could be football or basketball. Well, I mean, we had a lot of great. Well, it doesn't even have to be best either. It doesn't have to be best. Just the person that you just enjoyed watching the most. Man, it's so, you know, I'll be honest with you. Every year, it's always somebody new that, you know, I'm like, man, I can't wait to see them play. 
And and it's the same with with Greer this year. You know what I mean? I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, watching him play this year. And it's, it's, it seemed like, um, I mean, Gino was the same way when he was here. You know what I mean? It yeah. seemed like every year it's always somebody new. Um, I tell you, I was impressed with um, oh, the um, the wide receiver. Uh, uh, he just got traded to the Cowboys. Tavon Austin. Austin. Tavon Austin. I was impressed with him. I mean, big time. Um, the one game when he broke all the records, I, I, mean, I ain't never see a game like that. That. I was impressed with him. Same as their way. I was impressed. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I could just go down the list. It was just so many great players that came through. I mean, you know, one after another. But I would have to say, you know, looking at it every year, or if a guy's here two years or three years, there's always somebody new that pops up after, you know, the, the last guy. So, I would, you know, every year, it's been somebody um, I always was impressed with to watch play. Well, it's been a pleasure listening to you. You were my favorite player growing up. I was a kid, uh, very young during 88, 89, but it, but it helped to instill my love of football, watching you play, watching that team play, uh, pride in my state, pride in that school, um, and I'm grateful for the, for the efforts that you made. I, I wish so bad that the NFL was then like it is now because I know that you would have got the shot that you deserved, um, but... We just are happy that you're doing well. We wish you nothing but success in every endeavor that you have, Mr. Harris. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. All right, thanks for inviting me. Sports Social Podcast Network.